you decided to start the war. But I'm going to win the battle, so it's okay. The battle is less than the war. What are you talking no. about? All that glitters is not gold. Entonces, but my dirty mouth never, never gets old. When people ask me what dirty glitter means, I remind them that they don't have a podcast. Hi, welcome to the Dirty Glitter Podcast. I'm Andy. I am Giancarlo. You're welcome. No gracias. Uh, welcome back, everybody. What a beautiful time we're having. Um, we're currently enjoying the fourth set of plague, right? The red lantern flies seem to be invading the United States. Um, most websites say to just kill them and take a picture and they'll come and spray. They're kind of pretty when they fly, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we've got a we've got COVID, right? That was the first plague, and then the millions of right now. Yes, so we're we're still going strong with that. Two weeks turned into three years, and then now we have a new one breaking out, which is the monkeypox, mm. and now we have, I guess, the swarms of insects. So I just want to say that if all the plagues are coming true, either somebody dug up a mummy. Right, this is like that wonderful 1999 classic film, The Mummy. Right, somebody has raised Imhotep. (laughs) You know, I didn't watch that shit. It's scary. (laughs) You you need to watch it just for Brendan Fraser being what? Okay. Um, That said, I'm also glad that I'm the youngest son (laughs) because the last plague, God took all the eldest sons. So Noel, paint that doorway red. Shout out to Andy's brother Noel because you know he—that's—that's that's the whole idea of Passover. Like you gotta paint the paint the door red. Hmm. Make sure that you know all these eldest sons don't get took. Didn't think about that. Yeah. So well, I'm just glad I'm a little brother. Like you know, whatever the whatever the rules might be. You said that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad yeah. too. Shit. Shout out to the little brothers of the world and big brothers. We praying for you. <laughs> Luciano Noel, hang in there, buddies. You got this. <laughs> you got. We believe in you. There can be miracles. <laughs> God. Uh, oh, so just a few introductions. Shout out to our homegirl Carolyn for getting married. Carolyn, tiny I Kay. apologize that I couldn't make it due to me being poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you apologize that I found out from Carolyn and not you? Kind of. I'm not going to lie. I actually just forgot to tell you. <laughs> I really he was did. coming to stay with me. We were going to record and he forgot. I really I, just, I get a text from Carolyn and she's like, oh, Andy just told me he can't go. I was like, oh my God, hold on. And then who gets a FaceTime at fucking 9.02 in the morning on a Saturday? And is there something you need to tell me? I'm is like, there anything you want us to tell me, Andy? Is there something you want us to discuss? I don't know. And then he was like, oh, Carolyn, just like, oh, yeah, I'm not coming. Anymore. He's like, girl, I swore I told you. I'm like, I really I'm thought I'd beat your little monotone ass. What happens, you know? <laughs> like, if you get punched, is it all the same tone? Ow, 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 yeah. ow. <laughs> you know, <We're> fighting. <laughs> maybe that's why, like, my ex didn't want me anymore. He just couldn't stand the lack of inflection of moaning in the bedroom ow ow <laughs> listen duck is amazing 
<laughs> supposed to be auspicious or bring good luck or something, right? <laughs> huh, 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 huh. <laughs> I know. I just sounded like I just sound like I feel, now that you said that, I just feel like when I'm like getting fucked, it sounds probably, probably sound like the Aflac duck. <laughs> Aflac. <laughs> I should do that next time. Well, no, he'll probably leave me. <laughs> but what if he's like a, I think the Puerto Rican national anthem. <laughs> There's one of those. They have one. Yes. Well, I know it's a territory of the U.S., so I didn't. Oh, and it's not that funny. Like, trust me, it is one of the. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is one of the only um, national anthem anthems that requires a conga. <laughs> you need timbales, a cowbell. <laughs> My brother's a musician. He'll know what a cowbell is. I gotta have more cowbell. Do you not know what a cowbell is? I did. I do. I knew. I okay. I did percussion for like six months before I switched to the alto saxophone. I feel like as we peel back these layers, you get more and more fascinating. Do you mean a frat boy, a saxophonist, had sex with a woman? <laughs> By we could do a whole episode about that. Girl, you and Drew are the only people that are like that find that to be. Yes. And and all our listeners right now. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Wait, but by fascinating, do you mean diverse? Mm. Would you call the sex you had with a woman a diversity hire, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't pay me. She just asked politely and it just happened. Mm. Maybe she just liked the vibe I was putting down. I don't know. Although I didn't really put down much. <laughs> Shit. I wonder where she is now. We should get her as a guest. I wish I had her on Facebook or her number or even a last name. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show, Latanya. Now, <laughs> all I can tell you is on more makeup. <laughs> Latanya. <laughs> her name was Ali, but <laughs> I don't know how you spell it. I E Y. I don't know. And were y'all in an alley? Or just my friend's house. It's pretty you, basic. You, know, you just just had to let that one go, huh? I mean, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm no, I mean, as in alleyway. Never mind. But Girl. speaking of diversity hire, that brings <laughs> us to the topic of this episode, which is diversity hire. Woo! <laughs> yes. I have to give a quick shout out to... Um, uh, real butter and sugar, aka Lewis Sanders, who lives for these speaking of <laughs> transitions. <laughs> that one was just for you, Lewis. <laughs> oh my god, I know sometimes I think that I'm pretty good at them, but I know deep down I'm not. But whatever, Listen, that's just me. We being... love you the way you are, don't you dare. Do I? I love me the way I am, too. That's right, exactly. So, diversity higher. Have you, or, or do you think you've been a diversity hire ever, like ever in your life? Or do you know, everyone knows somebody that has been, but for you personally, do you think you were ever put in that position? So I think this may be like a thing that's more Midwestern because honestly, there's no, like, it's really hard to find work environments, or at least in my experience, it's been very difficult to find um environments where like in, in new york city that 
the entire staff is not diverse. I see that. It, yeah, growing yeah, up, it's just grew up. yeah, it's such a it's such a melting pot. Mm-hmm. I do remember though, like I I remember how much it was discussed growing up, mm-hmm. like in the nineties. Like I remember when the New York City Ballet had its first black snowflake in Nutcracker. Oh, that was like its own. And everybody was like, oh. This is amazing. That shit was, was today. Girl, the things that if somehow ballet and opera get untouched by, like, it takes a really long time for anything to work its way out because we still got people in blackface for Aida and for Othello. That's still a thing. It okay. was, I think it was 2020 was the first time that the Met Opera didn't do a blackface Othello. So they're just, no. they're just slow to the program. They're slow to be woke, really. I think that, yeah, I, I think that also like the, that audience is not diverse. <laughs> so true. to them, they're just like, well, what's the alternative? Let black people in never. Well, I think I'll say for myself, because you did say it's more of a Midwestern thing. Like when I was going, growing up in Indiana, I was always like, you know, a minority. So I just like, it was kind of normal for me, but I think when it comes to like the workforce, I didn't realize it maybe until honestly, like if in my personal experience for me that it happened until I moved here to Texas, you know, like I'm in the middle, like I'm the only, there are other um, males in my department, but it's predominantly female. I'm the only one of Asian descent and I'm the only homosexual. So I didn't think about it because like at first, because I, you know, I was working remote still. And then when I had to move here, it came, it became pretty evident that I was like, oh, I'm not only here for my um, experience, you know, as in like work experience. So. Might be, you know, they needed that tax credit. They were like, listen, if you hire a brown. <laughs> I genuinely think that's probably what it was. Like, you know, they finally saw my face like, oh, we're going to hire him. I'm like, oh. Well. They were probably so disappointed when they found out you weren't from El Salvador. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. They were just like, um, so it says here you're Asian, <laughs> but I'm looking at a small Latino boy. So I'm just confused about about what's happening and you did say hola (laughs) it's not racist but i'm sure that's what that's what goes in through their their minds you know honestly Mm -hmm. so can you answer me this why how come like in certain job applications they ask like of course they ask for ethnicity Mm -hmm. but like why you have to indicate whether you're hispanic or not I don't get that. Um, it, so the, there genuinely have been times and periods, and depending on the industry, where there are tax credits for hiring a diverse staff. Like also, um, depending on the line of work you're in, there's um, real kickbacks if you hire people who are ex-cons uh, as like part of a second chance program, right? Uh, so or like people with disabilities, if you can, you know, if you can show that you're business is inclusive uh you will likely get at the very least accolades but more realistically probably some kind of financial you know like nothing that's a tax break a credit um some states have laws about like like having to do it yeah i mean most i think most of the U.S. has racial laws that like prevent a person from not being hired because of their race 
Yeah. Um, but some states still have like clauses about sexuality. Yeah, and I'm sure. You can, yeah, you can get fired for being gay in some places. I mean, oh, I'm sure they won't use it against me here. I, I feel it. You know, our our twelve viewers and listeners, uh, you know, check me for my. It really, it really is Munchausen by proxy. Good <laughs> evening, Geisha Elaine Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, Lindsay, Andrew, Paul. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Let's go, girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but another thing. So then let's talk about jobs. Natasha. Yeah, <laughs> Natasha. Natasha, yeah, Natasha. <laughs> now that you're speaking like about diversity, you're like, okay, who's not? I know. <laughs> talk about. Gosh, I left. I left off the. I left off the black woman. I'm, I'm canceled y'all i'm off the show you know what i like what i'm interested in especially with like the whole diversity thing working in hr for the porn industry you know hmm. like that's a very because you know, like from what it seems to me it seems very white hmm. for the Maybe. most part the you porn know. you watch that's yeah, true yeah yeah <laughs> i don't really go through like there's plenty of diversity in the movies i watch <laughs> Well, listen, the first I saw, like, I accidentally saw one with a guy with one leg. So that just goes to show that, you know. You accidentally see it, Andrew. You, you I know, did. I mean, I mean, it's not like I'm looking at, like, amputee porn. It just, like, happened, like, oh, hey. I have seen, I saw someone get, I guess, stumped, because you can't call it fisted. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like maybe this is this this speaks to my sort of empirical mind right but like I want to know like weird stuff that gets people off even if it doesn't necessarily get me off like the thought that somebody's like ooh yeah you don't have a limb and like just beating it or like diddling that skittle um <laughs> that was to yeah whatever uh the whole point is whatever those ladies do down there <laughs> whatever whatever the killing off the velcro did. whatever you need to do <laughs> <laughs> i am fascinated that like these i've seen um because i also one time i like i looked up lesbian porn there's very very little most lesbian porn is produced by men for the viewing of straight yeah. men and so there's like very little that exists for like no we're gonna be we're gonna have Celine lesbians. come back on and really explain this in more depth. <laughs> Celine mm. would be like, y'all are disgusting. Yeah, she'd be like, oh <laughs> my god. Yeah. But mm-hmm. speaking of you know videos. Wow, what a what, what <laughs> we really jumped the rails on that one. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we but... went from diversity hire to getting stumped. <laughs> But hey, you know, that's, if you think about it, it's on topic, you know, porn is a job. We're talking about diversity, hires, diversity. Sex work is work. Period. I love it. But on the topic of porn, so shows, you know, let's talk about some shows that clearly have, ever since these social movements have occurred, have changed their ways, quote unquote, to become more woke. Yes. So for example, I'll start. Let's start with a uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. They hired Garcelle. Let's just be real. Like I, I'm, I really want to. Although I really want to love her, I'm just liking her right now. You know they hired her because, of course, 
of the whole diversity thing. It wasn't like like during you know, the BLM movement, I feel like Andy was like, listen to me. Every cast needs a minority. So we got a crop of Asians and a crop of blacks. And it was just on each and every franchise because I will say that while I'm not a fan of Garcelle's performance on Housewives, like who she is as a person and like what she does, yeah. that's cool. I'm talking strictly of her performance as a housewife. I feel like she she's trying to bring too much. Um, I'm just a real girl. I just hang out. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want a lunatic. Yeah. I want to watch a lunatic fight with other lunatics. Garcelle needs to stop psychoanalyzing everyone, but that's an aside. The worst diversity hire in that wave, and I think she was partially responsible for killing the Real Housewives of New York, was Monique. You mean Ebony? <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a bit racist. I am you heard it here first, uh, everybody. Racism. <laughs> on the I told y'all I was canceled. I am canceled. I, you know what? I, it was a flip of the coin. I knew it was something wow. very wow. Ebony magazine. Wow. <laughs> You're digging yourself into a hole. <laughs> she is the cover of Jet 1992, and she will not be disrespected. <laughs> you know, as you said, that just made me think of because I watch white chicks. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> this lady over here just had to go all yo mom, like little Miss Def Jam over here had to go all yo oh, mom. Yeah. That's what that what you just said reminded me of. Like really, it's though. funny, but you know. Yeah. No, I, I think that she was just not like it it was a little obvious, it was a little heavy-handed because yeah. then they started putting the housewives in situations where it was like, okay, talk about diversity. Yeah, talk exactly. About talk about racial issues. And you have Ramona Singer out here like, I didn't know black people liked to drink water. <laughs> I just learned that. Right, like it, it, like we just, ha- it was the wrong set of people for the, like it missed heavy handed. It should have uh, started with a different cast first, and then mm-hmm. slowly weaned into New York in its own way with that group. Of- that- no, for sure. What's that depressing show with Mandy Moore? This is us, and they have a black son on that show. I only know because I was flipping channels and I saw something about like some black woman yelling at her about her son being in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> or something she's like you need to put lotion on him oh, girl. <laughs> and then many more comes back and she's like do you know a black barber <laughs> and i was just like mandy girl mandy, is this really better than being rapunzel is this really better than candy it's not <laughs> or her skin. i gotta tell you girl like you're not getting that Emmy for whatever diary. season I'm watching. <laughs> there you go. You need to get back into Saved and stop watching whatever, like, or stop doing whatever thing I'm seeing right now. It was bad. Uh, it also happens in movies. Oh, cool. uh, so a perfect example is Harry Potter. Now, in the books, all them kids is white, all them kids is straight, just like Twilight. Yeah. So let's talk about the diversity hires in each. Laurent, <laughs> in the books... <laughs> <laughs> you are so mouth-watering. <laughs> okay, so in the film, they decided to do like a Little Mermaid Sebastian on Broadway version of Laurent, but in the books, he's Italian because Stephanie Meyer is probably a racist. She's talking about this white kid a little too... A little, a little too, too far. <laughs> She's just like, he was beautiful and white, <laughs> like our children will be, <laughs> like the world should be. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it got sketchy. So they added Laurent, but then I feel like they just didn't know how to do makeup on a, so like a black vampire because they yeah. tried to sort of make him look dead. But like in the first movie, he's purple. And in the second one, he's gray. And I'm like, y'all did this man wrong. You want to know what it looked like? You've seen the Chappelle show, right? You know when Dave Chappelle's a white guy? Like yes. the suburban <laughs> It, it was just no good and then when it, and this one I feel like here the fan base is kind of um, damned if you do damned if you don't obviously Harry Potter was not that inclusive right this is the books and movies weren't that inclusive but then we get to Fantastic Beasts and they're like okay everyone is going to be in it from all different races um, we're going to say that black people and women had like equal standing in this wizarding world and when they actually tried to include diversity, the fans were like, stop it. We don't want it now. You can do it then. We don't want it. It's like, listen, I'm happy if they're inclusive now, yeah. right? Let them try to do better. Is it perfect? No. But am I watching a whole diverse cast in a Warner Brothers film? Yes. Am I seeing, am I seeing Mads Mikkelsen and Jude Law speak romantically to each other? Like, do you understand how, like, out of this world that is to me being 35 like when i was a kid they were like he's got a ponytail faggot (laughs) (laughs) it was just like that's what movies were (laughs) you know that that was like counter cultural they were like how come tommy got an earring and a ponytail you know that that was like I mean, that was like extreme. That was diversity. It was like more diverse. This boy got a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> He's a homosexual now. <laughs> a homosexual. So I think that like on the one hand, yes, diversity higher uh, in media. Yeah. It's a, it can be obnoxious and wrong, but also we need to not criticize it too hard before they're like, well, shit, we'll just make them white again. They didn't like I, I it. Agree. I agree. Yeah. Because it's, I feel like with the rate it's going, if like we're to criticize the amount of diversity mm-hmm. that's going in at the moment, like, you know, yeah. we could just be shooting, they could just be shooting themselves in the foot and like, okay, it's gonna be white again then, you know? Yeah. It's also like when they race swap a character and suddenly that character is black now or Asian or gay or queer or, or a person of color, right? Here's my issue why not just tell a new story for that person? Like they don't have faith that someone of a diverse background would be interesting to a massive audience. I see what you mean. So they try to use like a white, you know, it's just like Charlie Brown, more like Charlie Black. Like it, (laughs) it doesn't, something about it doesn't, like it's okay if all them kids was white. All right, that was white kids telling their little white stories, and that's fine. Let's tell some new stories. Here Let's you. have a new cartoon. No, you're right. I see. I, I see where you're coming from with that, though. Very interesting. That was a Dove bar soapbox I was on top of, by the way. Dove. <laughs> <laughs> I climbed up on my soapbox. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know the show I'll say that I think I saw it the most evident in was on, on Netflix. It's called The Home Edit. It's one of those home shows where they organize, you know, these professional organizers. It's two white, basic white women, you know, organizing closets and shit for people. And 
although I find it very inspiring, I realized that after I watched the first season, they all white, even the helpers. And then next thing you know, season two comes around. There's two black people. And I'm like, okay, this isn't just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying? And this was after, you know, COVID and like yeah. after 2020. So, you know, they got some shit being like, okay, we want to, you know, expand to a broader audience. So not only are we going to have more black staff, like our customers are yeah. also going to be of color. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. It's just it reminds like, me of bit on the them note. sending Maria Kondo to a black family. <laughs> it's just see, sometimes it feels a little heavy-handed. I was like, these black people don't want none of this. <laughs> Our people are just coming to excess. We're just getting here. You let them keep their genes. <laughs> If it sparks joy or yeah. not, it's <laughs> sparking joy. So don't <laughs> tell them what they need to get rid of now. Exactly. You throw it out their stuff, sir. Can you afford a new one? I know I cannot. <laughs> don't you touch my stuff. <laughs> it all sparks joy. I, I got the mask I wore today. <laughs> Times are hard, Edge. <laughs> Recycling. I love it. <laughs> hmm. Uh, well, I think this is a perfect time for a commercial break. Don't you think Ooh, so? I do. Okay. We'll be right back with this quick message from our sponsor. Damn, this mess is long. Bless me, Father, for I am hungry. Come, child. Rejoice in a sanctified snack. Mmm. Tastes like communion, only better. Let the Lord fill you up with religious chips. That delicious Christian chip you're eating is made with real sacrificial lamb and a tasty red wine reduction. Mmm, holy, holy, holy. And don't forget our other tasty flavors like spicy Quran. Salam. And of course, bagel and lox Torah. Shalom. What's the only snack you can eat in a cathedral, synagogue, or mosque? Religious chips. Mmm, what's this flavor? The body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And we're back. Yes. Oh, what a great commercial. Oh. Mm. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in service just wishing for a snack that I could eat in a piece. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up too early for a church that I don't even eat. So, you know, mm. the second best option at this point. We hate to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what we you know what people hate to see apparently um being brown and gay in jobs because you know true. listen for me on from my perspective being a diversity how you think it would be celebrated and it is at face value but not when the going gets rough you know like just because it's pride month in june july you know you make a rainbow t-shirt doesn't mean that i'm gonna be like oh great they support me like you know what i'm saying I'm going to punch you in the throat. No, I do. I think there's also this. And and also, I should say this, just because if your company acknowledges Juneteenth, that does not mean you're with the shit. (laughs) Oh, it sure does not. Like, listen, the next time somebody talks about Juneteenth, ask them to define it. Now, I will say this about any, like, just being a diverse person in general, right? Being queer, being brown. 
people sort of expect you, one of two things happens. Either one, they try to give you permission to be yourself, right? It's just sort of like, oh, you just have to be you. Don't be worried at all. Be yourself. And that was especially in my last job. And I was like, I am standing here in a maxi dress. I have glitter bomb on my shoulders. What the fuck do you think I was doing? Waiting for permission? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was not. Trust me, nobody gives me permission to do anything. Okay? So that happens. Or the opposite end of the spectrum is like they expect you to be grateful to be included. I agree. I especially and like, you know what? And that, and it's great that our, in our environment, we don't care. I mean, look at this Fagala. We just love having him around. You know, we don't care that he's odd and he wears stupid clothes and he has tan skin. You know, it's just like, boy, you're really keeping track, huh? Mm-hmm. And you know what I, I find, especially since moving here, like it's the little microaggressions that you hear about. But then once you're actually in a situation and you hear them, you're like, holy shit, this is a real thing. Like, for example, for me, it's not, I don't, I was never like being shamed or like anything about me being gay, but it was only during pride month. Some people, and I'm speaking of one person that wanted me to really educate this person on all of the letters of the LGBTQIA plus community. She's like, what does Q stand for? What does A stand for? What's the plus? What does this mean? I'm like, bitch. I'm going to punch you in the throat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to really ask me, but I, your timing was a bit too on the nose to really be like, you're not curious. You're just striking a conversation Mm -hmm. because of the time. I finally have a chance. Exactly. It's like when straight people, and this is a phenomenon that has happened since okay so the first seasons of rupaul's drag race were on logo which is already a very gay channel now at some point they became viewable on vh1 yeah um they were on streaming and you know good for rue for bringing drag to such a massive audience but here's what i have done drag i have been on a stage I have, <laughs> I have collected my crumpled sweaty dollars off of the floor. <laughs> you know, I have rolled down spanks to find a five that I forgot was there, <laughs> right? I don't want to talk to you about drag race straight person. Like you understand one very specific mm-hmm. aspect of drag. When RuPaul called drag race the Olympics of drag, she was right. But like in the same way, people that like basketball don't talk about the Olympics when they want to talk about basketball. Right? Basketball is played yeah. at the Olympics, but that's not what the, your average person is going to talk to you about that's into this. I agree. So I like, like that analogy. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And I just feel like straight people think that like, oh, he's queer. I can talk to him. This is my way of connecting. This is my yeah. way of showing I'm so like this, comfortable yeah, with yeah, this diversity. I was say. It's like they're like, oh, I too am with the shits. It's kind of, it's like the gay version of saying like, oh, I have black friends. You know exactly. exactly. I watch Drag Race. How could I be homophobic? <laughs> like, well, girl, like, you know. So it's, yeah, so you encounter a lot of stuff like that as a queer person in a workplace. Um, people will ask you questions that are, like, like I, I don't necessarily think that they are 
malicious and intent, no, not but a, they are very ignorant or very like tone deaf. Agreed. Or like overly familiar, right? It's just like, just because I'm gay and you assume that all gays are promiscuous or all gays are scandalous. Yeah. Does not mean you can come and ask me about my sexual activity or like what I'm up to or, or like what my opinions on blank are. People really do feel a level of, um, or they bypass a level of social interaction with queer people mm-hmm. in the workplace. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. I got an oyster down there, girl. Is it the monkey pox? Here's hoping not. <laughs> well, I get have- vaxxed, y'all. I, I got my yeah, for some more. For real. I need to get vaxxed about that shit, too. I mean, I was on Grinder and this guy wanted to like hook up and he's like, I only hit it raw. And I was like, no, no, you you can do whatever. You can pass whatever you want to these bitches. Then you may hit the road. It, exactly. And not this ass. Haters to the left. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just like, you know, from the words of Beyonce's newest hit, you won't break my hole. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Also, you know what? Let's shout out to to newly crowned queer icon Beyonce, giving oh, yeah. us the ultimate pussy pop in summer, the summer renaissance we didn't know we needed. Like, listen, I think I like it a lot. I'm not in love with it, but I think it's very good. You know, listen to it again and shut your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you slut pig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you slut. <laughs> okay, no, I will. I mean, it's been on repeat, but like in the background you know mm-hmm. and you want to know what i have to say with all the drama going on kuda or shout out to beyonce for giving khalees what she wanted was out of that song <laughs> no listen to this what she did you know in that one song she's like birkin some shits in storage right so that killed the birkin bag like it is done it is over hermes is probably gonna sue beyonce so this but, when Khalees, but when Khalees. <laughs> started her shit she's like she just put her in the storage with the Birkins she was like oh okay we can put your career back there can you do me a favor and put her between the Birkins yeah we're just gonna put Khalees back in storage thank you is her milkshake bringing all the boys to the yard now and the song don't even sound that different most unfortunately I heard the re-edit like without the sample and I was like damn you know it's still about what's that what's that what's that word they were trying to get rid of because it's ableist or some shit. I don't know. Didn't you hear about that? I missed that whole thing. So I keep seeing it, but I don't look at the articles because I just think people complain way too much. But like, you know, I guess she's taking a word. I couldn't tell you what it is, honestly. I could not tell you either. If you're a listener of the show, let us know. Um, In the comments, as if anyone really goes in. There. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, I also feel like a lot of times it is only when something gets to a mass level that it will be either offensive or seen as, you know, it's Beyonce's yeah. platform that is a problem. Because let me tell you this, for some of my differently able friends um, and among queer people and among people of color, we are so offensive amongst ourselves. And the way we talk is so much less politically correct it's really only in public or like broad spaces that anyone's worried about like, oh, be very careful how you say, girl, I am all of the ists 
when like I'm just sitting with my friends. You know what I mean? If you heard me speaking, as long as I hate everybody, I'm not biased. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And you hate a lot of people. (laughs) I do. I do. I do. No shout outs to them. So I have a, another hard-hitting question, which I think you have a lot. You mm. might have a lot to say about this. So, do you think that being white in a predominantly minority-driven company, whether it be like you know an Asian, black-owned company, whatever, does that make you a diversity hire if you are white in those spaces? No. <laughs> I think that honestly, it um, right like a, a big maybe illusion in some people's minds is just that like whiteness is easy, right? There is privilege attached oh, to it. Yeah, but that does not make it easy, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not, and trust me, I'm not saying anything. It's just like if you're tiptoeing through a minefield, it sucks, right? Like. I'm I'm calling through barbed wire that your ancestors set. We're all going through our shit. <laughs> so I'm sorry you gotta walk on eggshells, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying to walk across this glass ceiling before it shatters. <laughs> the, like we all have our struggle, but I think that it's not really a diversity hire. I would agree with that. And like I want to say, as I said the question on paper, it, I think it is a diversity hire. Like technically, you know what I'm saying. But usually white people don't have the same struggles as minorities do in every company, you know, the general ones. So that privilege just still trickles into wherever they go next, you know? So it's like, yeah, you're technically a minority at that point, but not really because you're not having those consequences, you know? So as someone who has made a few people cry about privilege, I think that is why I am saying that like it must not be easy to have gone your whole life with people telling you you're exceptional and then you encounter Giancarlo. (laughs) I think with how kids are certain a lot of kids are raised these days you know with the oh my daughter didn't make the cheerleading team so you know there can be no cheerleading yeah the participation trophies or like the parents are like I'll pay to have them in whatever the varsity football team where it's like, you see things like that are what really make everyone sensitive nowadays, you know? And I think that trickles into all of like how when these kids become adults into the workplace, because if they're not working hard or facing rejection at a young age, they're just going to expect that to not happen when they grow up. I'm not saying all these kids have to, go through adversity every single one to be a strong person when they grow up but it's pretty evident that the more privileged you are the more you're going to expect and then when you don't get what you expect you know but even to your point of what you just said right rejection so one mm-hmm. of the things that binds uh particularly like gay men and women together is that we encounter a lot of rejection very early on right most yeah. gay men will not know young love they yeah. will right you're not going to have that um that kindergarten sweetheart that high school sweetheart you know you're probably in a gay panic for the entire time trying not to be discovered especially from like an older generation's mindset like i know now the kids fall in love in high school and they have boyfriends and kissy kissy goo goo and that's great and we love to see it but especially um 
anyone over the age of like let's say 22 right you encountered if you were gay if you were female you encountered constant expectation for you to be something you weren't right like women have to deal with constant be a lady sit this way don't do that it's not you know um it's not feminine don't do this don't don't be a tomboy and gays encounter right a very similar struggle of like don't be girly don't be a sissy don't be a wuss men don't cry and we just come up experiencing a level of rejection from either society so and and mostly i'm speaking of like women of color so then we get into the workforce we are used to a level of rejection and it creates a you know a diamond coated skin mm-hmm. that makes us able to handle anything, do anything. For a lot of people who are cisgendered and white, they have not encountered that level of rejection, and the first time they're encountering it is in the workplace. And you yeah. know, I won't take away the fact that that feeling must be so real for them. Yeah. If they because rejection is never easy. Oh no, no. You can get hurt like a motherfucker. Exactly. exactly. And the thing is, like, I have so many battle scars to compare that if you come to me with a paper cut, I will show you this gash across my heart and make you feel bad that you were crying so hard over a paper cut, right? Or trying to compare a paper cut to what I have been through. I feel so like I think that you don't do that first time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is your first time. I said, yeah, you better get your ass up. Okay, that was just your first time getting a negative critique. <sighs> Mm-hmm. I got one from my relatives, oh, yeah, <laughs> right? Like I, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up. Also, oh, you weren't included. I was not included in society. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> yes, welcome, welcome. To welcome to the Outlands. Are you joining the X Men or the Brotherhood of Mutants? Because you got to pick one. You know, <laughs> and it's rough. It's I, you know, I see that it's rough on them and one of the reasons it seems so ridiculous is just because it's the first time they're encountering it and yeah. something so small it's just the first time that they're being told you're not exceptional or <clears throat> what you did is not enough mm-hmm. or i don't like what you did so they they can have real resistance to that and for them like it, it you will see people break down and cry very easy because it's the first time even humor Right, like things that I I laugh about my scars and my battle wounds, yeah. but the privileged set sometimes do not find it so funny. They're not in a place yet where they can laugh, even for the most minute things. Yeah. And and when I think when it happens in the workplace, it hits a bit harder because you're you're you have no one to fight for you but yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're younger, you could always have like if you're like now with parents, you know, mom, yeah, like mom, like you know, whatever, but. You know, mom's not going to call you to be like, you need to rehire myself. Well, I'm sure some people nowadays, but for the most part, it's like, you know what I'm saying? If you're like trying to be a director of whatever at a company, it's not like you can have good old grandma being all like, my, like my grandson's the best, you know, whatever. And like, and even if you do, you think that's going to help you? It's going to make it look more pathetic and things like that. So. Me and a coworker at my last company, and you know, we did squash it, and we are friends now. But I remember during an argument, I won't, I won't give a shout out in case she doesn't want this told. <laughs> but uh, something had happened where I felt she had disrespected somebody of color, right? So I said it in sort of a mocking way. I was like, you know, you're wrong for that. 
and blank and blank. And I guess she just didn't take it right. And then at some, well, well, she was standing up for somebody that I had told, like, you were wrong for that. So she was like, no, I understand where she was coming from. I was like, and don't you jump in. (laughs) Because she's wrong and you're wrong for defending her and y'all are acting mighty privileged right now. And then at some point she was just like, I feel like you guys make me feel like I can't have an opinion because I'm white. And without a beat, and this is where I was maybe, no, I don't regret it. Anyway, without without a beat, I was like, and do you know who doesn't? Society. <laughs> right? Like if in one room, because you're the only white person, you felt like you couldn't have a white for a voice for being a white person. That sounds rough for you. Yeah. But when you step outside these doors, you can call the police <laughs> and not worry that they're going to shoot you mm-hmm. when you needed help. You can, you, you know, the, yep. the, the list goes on and on and on. But it's just like you don't walk these streets in fear yep. the way a person of color would. So it's like, even if we did make you feel for a couple seconds like you were wrong, baby, the whole world is not gonna. And she cried for a really long time and didn't talk to me for a couple of days. But we we figured it out. And I know I apologize for my systematic bullying. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your no, name? You... What's the name again? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> no, I I think it's just it, it, it's it's something that happens, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's hard also when you're entering into a space of um, so many people that are different from you because you just you're looking for the new rules like what's the group yeah. average like what is going to be okay to say like in humor because like something that annoys me is that sometimes you encounter somebody who's really committed to being the model minority and I'm not saying, I know a lot of people say yeah. that about the Asian group in yeah. general, but it's something that does not, like, it's Latino, it's Black, it's, okay. you have people that want to be included in whiteness, and want to be like, oh my gosh, I've never been like them. Yeah, I understand yeah. why all of you sometimes are not liking that, right? Like, yeah, like, so, kind of so, like the whole, like, Candace Owens shit, like, yes, let's call it Candace Owens syndrome, mm-hmm. you know? Like you, um, want, you think you're like with the shits kind of, but then yes. down, you're not. Cause they're gonna throw As you out. As the ass. culture says, your skin folk ain't your kin folk. I love that. That's smart. Mm-hmm. So I guess like a good uh, segue, if that's the right word, to the what you just talked about. So do, like, what do you think about white people wanting to be part of the problem, but they don't understand because things don't happen to them? Kind of similar to, you know, what um, you just said as this person, you know, yeah, trying to stand up for them and then kind of being sad that they got called out. But you know how there are those people out there who's a, they think they're like too woke and they're like, no, I understand like Black Lives Matter. Like I can speak on it. I'm like, you can support it, but to speak on it is a different thing. Like, you know, I can speak on Asian hate because it's happened to me and I am Asian you know, black people can speak to black lives matter because they're black and it happens every day all the time. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be all like, oh yeah, I definitely know it's like to be part of the KKK. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, a part like of it is like, it, it's a twofold issue, right? So a part of it is them understanding that they have privilege, but then not knowing how to help, actually help. Yes. 
So the point is they want to be included and they can, they've addressed that something is wrong. Yeah. Right. They can see that there is an injustice and then they think that they can be a part of it and offer support by just showing up. But the truth is, and I'll use myself as an example. I also have privileges. I am someone that is seen as male and I grew up in, um, you know, with most people treating me as a male, which means I encountered a lot of male privilege Mm -hmm. growing up. Um, one way it immediately becomes evident is that I got to my career knowing how to negotiate, um, knowing how to have conversations about money, knowing how to advocate for myself. And what I'm finding in the workforce is that most women, and particularly women of color, do not have that skill set. Yeah. And it's probably by design, yeah. right? Like women were never taught this particular set of yeah. ideas. So what I have to do as the privileged party is exploit my privilege and either A, which I have done in the past, negotiate for them mm-hmm. as them. Yes. So I have had women say, I, I will say, send me the email. Um, I will answer for you. Or I will go through, like, you know, I will do a rehearsal with them. We will do, um, we will practice it several times. We'll go through the, through the skit to figure out how to get them to have that conversation. That's me exploiting the privilege that I have yeah. for the group, right? Mm-hmm. And or in other times, right? If I see that someone is being shut out because they are female, it is my job to step in and say, hey, no, you can't do this, right? Like I can take my privilege in that moment and stand between whatever's going on. So I think that that is what needs to happen when someone is white joining up a cause you have spaces you can go into and speak that I do not. That is what I need you to do. I don't need you to stand and be amazed by my story. Yeah, because that's not going to do anything. It's one thing you can I don't need you to try and say like, I don't need you to compare events in your life to my story. Wow, oh my gosh, you were chased. Mm -hmm. Wow, from the subway while people screamed at you. Well, I'm going to tell you this. One time, my key food, they were out of... Topo Chico. Uh, they were out of Kashi. And <laughs> yeah. I just remember thinking to myself, this is, it's, it's happening to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, please do not, please do not try to compare anything. or contrast. Yeah, I'm fine with you being privileged and you exploiting yeah, that cool. for my benefit, but I need you to exploit it for my benefit. Because then what will also happen sometimes with white people is that they'll be like, oh, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm not the person who should be talking right now. You. You need to be the one that speaks up. No, I don't. <laughs> Do me a favor. I don't have the privilege of saying, I don't want to fight right now. Exactly. I've had to fight always. So do me a favor and get your white ass up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you better fight for us. Exactly. And call me because I love a pink D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Amen. Well, you're right about that. It's definitely like in society like when it comes to social and racial injustices mm-hmm. though to be honest let's be real the only true way it's going to get solved is if white people fix it because they essentially are the root of the problem not saying that you know we all have our we of course we all have our part in it somehow but it's it just goes to show that just socially and especially in the workforce unless you're a person of power or white or potentially just really pretty much just male, you 
can't say or do anything because nothing's going to be done you know like I've and, had, I mean d- definitely the, the privileged party always has to take part in a revolution yeah but it's like I just think that you made a good point about just recognizing it is not enough no yeah yeah like it's I feel like there's no real true solution to all of this not saying that it won't change but I'll be honest right now I don't know what the answer is and I'm not gonna um, be here like oh I am the revolution I'm gonna change it or whatever but you know we're gonna do merchandise what i don't think it can be fixed by educators no it, i i think it is fixable i think that we're getting closer right like the scales are tipping oh, for sure. in one direction or another but also right like just shout out to the poor whites who are equally going through the struggle in this system right like they don't the, yeah. the privileges are extended are social and cultural but they're not financial of the largest group of people on welfare in this country are white. Not many people know that, right? Like it's it, it's uh you know now we're now we're getting into my weekend activities. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my social justice work, but um yeah the 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 it's a much bigger issue, but like it filters down into every single aspect of life. And one place that you see it play out in almost a Petri dish format is in the workplace. Yeah, because you're there every day. It's your Mm -hmm. source of income. So you really have to invest, whether you hate it or not, you have to invest like, you know, a lot of attention, time, effort, money, whatever, blood, sweat, tears into it. So because of that, you're able to really, like it affects you in a different way, you know? Because you could easily be all like, oh yeah, that, parade you know that gay pride parade whatever that's great but then once gay issues come into your life somehow but especially in the workforce that's when you're like hold the fuck up now we want to deal with this head on like you know what i'm saying it's, I, it's, I think it's just kind of sad that, like i think it's good that it starts in the workplace because it's somewhere you're right it's like a petri dish it's a good like smaller community to maybe like address certain things test things out but you know, that only goes so far for the bigger picture, you know? Yeah, like, it, it, it can, yeah, and also it's like, this is an environment and it's one of the few environments where we don't get to pick and choose everyone in our direct environment or everyone we have to interact with, yeah. which is why work is oftentimes, like you're, you know, you know these people, but you don't know these people. Yeah, and you have to interact with them, yeah. and um, that's a blade that cuts in many different directions, right? Like you know, I have to interact with you, but you also have to interact with me, and you will watch me saunter by in my tiny black dress because I'm cute and it's Friday. So, one last thing to brush up about diversity, or to you know, in the workforce. Yeah. Let's just speak on maybe like you know being mosquito sorry like just being brown or gay right what are like and i know the answer is this because i've been on the receiving end but what do you think like being a gay man right Mm -hmm. if you see or encounter another gay man or someone of the lgbtqia plus community in the workforce it's about (laughs) us yeah (laughs) You know, speaking back to March 14th, uh, 
2019 when I first started as a, at this company, I should say, <laughs> at my former company. But like, are you immediately like, what do you, what's your immediate reaction? Like, are you always excited or do you always feel threatened or <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Or are you always annoyed? Cautious? Yes. Um, <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like this could also reflect on. You got like, a perm and her life. <laughs> I love that perm. Shut up. <laughs> I think I what I usually end up feeling is just that several. You know, I've encountered this a couple times. Number one, gays don't always like me, <laughs> right in life. So I am hesitant. It's like approaching another predator, right? It's just like, what are you up to? And just so you know, all the men here are mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so in your case, you're just territorial. I you can I can be territorial. I can also be hesitant, and then also like other people around. So let's recall to our audience that when you started IML and we started hanging out, three separate people from three different cliques asked me if we were fucking. <laughs> and I was like, and like in my brain, the physics of it, I was like, how? It's just trying to get, you know, How the, would we be doing the same? Trying to get like the same polarized magnets to match. It's yes. like, the, like, it's not going to happen. And it's just like it, when someone else um, who's gay starts, you just assume that the rumors are going to start up um, and everybody's going to ask, you know. So then do you think oh, in your, together? Do you your think experience, do you think it's like a, a hard, like, it's more of a, I don't even want to say negative, but just like, you're more weary of it, like, you know? I don't, I don't even know if I can say that I'm weary or like, it's just something I've accepted as fact. Like, I know these things will happen. Yeah. I'm hesitant of other gays because, um, right, like. Competition. Gays have been hostile towards me for different yeah. reasons. Either, so I made, mm-hmm, like, yeah. either I made the wrong head turn. Or they don't like my femininity and my comfort with it. Or, you know, the, it, it can be any list of above. But some people do not like sexual competitors. Interesting. So it's not, a, you know, I, I, I tend to be a bit of a mirror. Right? I will give you what you give me. Yeah. Like that we see each other. <laughs> we see each other. Okay. No, I like that. I think this has been very like CNN. Episode. Has, this has been this has been a lovely um this is giving episode. Like, this is like giving anderson cooper 360 vibes you know but like the all these yes i would be remiss not to give a shout out to our sponsor again christian chips amen and i would like to highlight their newest product are you looking for a salty square snack with a cross to the middle then you need jesus delicious and sanctified i know when i was younger i never wanted communion to stop but someone told me i was only allowed to take one wafer well you can have as many jesus as you want these chips will have you saying oh my god (laughs) yeah right what a good episode what a fun episode that was no it was actually very interesting to talk not in a serious tone but like about a serious talk because it affects us like in certain ways you know I like with humor. Uh, do the closing line. Do yes. it. Do it. Um, well, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Diversely. <laughs> <laughs>
hashtag BLM, hashtag stop Asian hate. What are the hashtag me too? What are the social handles nowadays? Uh, hashtag, 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 hashtag.